This is an Eden special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Eden's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. From the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. No wonder your show is number one. Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to ENN. Ray Row. That's right. ENN today and tonight, it's brought to you by our good friends at D'Agostino and Associates. The injury firm, 888-24-LAW-24. D'Agostino, bite back. I'd like to start off tonight by saying good evening to my friend Michael. I wouldn't say anything like that. I would just blindside him and punch him right in the face. I'd like to say good evening to Don and Michael. I know how clocks work. (laughs) Really? Today you learned? And good evening to Don. Well, if he made it, he had a stroke, he should see a doctor. And to Don. I've been trying to get out for 20 years. I'm still here. And lastly, to all of us. Can you both shut up for a second? I'm sorry. No. You're right. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You remember when I, I said I would punch RJ in the face, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, w- it you know the uh, the fateful company? Oh, sure we do. Oh, it was like I, I attacked their grandmother. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I wish any anybody would care about me like that. They're coming after you? Oh, no. Old man on the lawn, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't know what that means. If I was 25, I'd punch him in the face. Old man on the lawn. I mean, if anything, I, I think they'd respect that you care so much about what's going on that you want to punch him right in the face. I'll get him back. Don't worry. You'll get him back on the oh, show really? or you'll get him back? Both. Wow. Whoa. Now whoa, that's something. Whoa. Can you believe that? that? Uh, I'm going to have him working with Anthony. Anthony together. Well, they'll both work together just like he and Andrew did. Hmm. Jacob, you're out. No, no, no. This this is an afternoon drive massive show. There should be a, a staff on it. No, only the morning show gets multiple uh, full-time producers. Uh, right. I mean, they, they got the great Ray Santiago and RJ, and then they who runs the board? Ray. Ray is not full-time, but he does run the board. Interesting. Uh, we're, we're the only radio station with three full-time employees. You're, you're hearing them. Everyone else is hourly. That's how we do it. Um, this is how we do it. Let's, uh, let's get into ENN, shall we, everyone? Let's hear from the man himself. He'll be drafted number one tonight by the San Antonio Spurs. Wemby. Go ahead. Go out. Get yourself a Limp Biscuit album. Maybe uh, fire up some Britney Spears. Mm. See what Carson Daly's talking about. Because we're heading back to the early 2000s when San Antonio yeah. dominates. Here's Victor Wembayama. He was on with uh, J.J. Redick on the Old Man and the Three pod on how he stays grounded. I know I'm never going to lose aggressive morality, and I'm, I know what I want. I'm driven. Nothing can put me out of my path. Like, I do everything. I, I do everything I can, so I deserve what I get. And I think some players are really talented physically or technically, you know, really, really talented, but their mind isn't, like, as good as their body is. You know what I'm saying? It's something bigger in, than basketball. It's just accomplishing yourself inside this universe, you know? You know, it's interesting. All of a sudden, you know, everybody thought this guy was, you know, the, the next transcendent thing in basketball. Now they're picking him apart. Not going to be that good. Well, where, where is that getting said? Oh, a lot of people. He, you know, he, he's, he's a project. 
You know, he's not even going to play that much. People are amazing. They want they want to find negative stuff about everything. Oh, well, I, I I'm feeling it. I, listen, I'm not saying next year he's the MVP and it's it's immediate, but I I would I would put down hardy money that this is not a Greg Oden situation we're looking at. I think this is the real deal. Uh, I think you're right. Wemby, how much pressure are you feeling? It's not something I feel. You know, I never feel like a weight on my shoulders. Mm. At the end of the day, I'm just playing basketball. I'm having fun on the court. You know, this is, it's just a game. It's more than just titles and, uh, and MVPs and, you know, this kind of stuff. It's all the, the ethics, you know, the work ethic, but also the, the work of the, of the mind, you know, training your mind. I got really, really high expectations for myself. I'm trying to not leave anything behind, you know. I don't like to say I want to build a, a legacy or, or be the greatest, you know, right now. It's a, it's a work that's done every day. I got to tell you guys, he sounds uh, pretty together for a kid yeah. his age. Yeah, I was just going to say that. What is he, 18, 19? Yeah. I doesn't mean, sound like old. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Color me impressed. I'm in on Wemby. But out on Porzy. I'm, listen, I'm not out on Porzy, but last night when I went to bed, the word in the Twitter... <laughs> Peter, just drop it. Move on. The word in the Twitter streets last night when I went to bed was that the deal was falling apart. And you loved it. Oh, I was happy. I went good. I don't need to think about Porzingis. Let's relax. We'll see what happens next. I wake up and like a bad dream, Brogdon, who I didn't care one way or the other where he was, had overnight turned into Marcus Smart. And I have to read from our very own Adrian Wojnarowski at 6 a.m. that it's already done. Marcus is gone. Him and his green hair were on the first thing smoking in Memphis. <laughs> and that's how I felt inside. Now, let's let's keep it basketball for a moment and give out a little bit of good news. You guys remember, uh, we used to have a friend of the show named Dan Hurley. Remember him? Of course. Sure. Head coach of UConn basketball. He's still a friend. Oh, no, no. He was a friend. He has now signed a $33 million deal to stay at UConn through 2028-2029. Wow. When you get that kind of money, you don't have time for low lives like us anymore. Well, good point. Are you kidding me? 33. Travis low lives. Well, I mean, I mean that with all due respect. You didn't say that. I had to, I had to, I had to pry it out of you. $33 million. He will be among the highest paid coaches in all of men's basketball. Good for him. Good guy. Yeah. It's it's an interesting career, right? The, the old college basketball coaching situation. I wonder if he'll ever go to the NBA, Peter. Because college basketball, you got to beg kids to play for you. In the NBA, they get you players. Well, it depends what, what's... What's Dan Hurley's skill set known as? Is he a great X's and O's guy? Or is he a great recruiter? I think he's he's really good at both. Because in college, very often, you know, it's not both. Like, Jay Wright was a both guy. Great recruiter, great X's and O's guy. You know, at Maryland for a long time with Mark Turgeon, fantastic recruiter, would bring people in, could not coach for it with his life on the line. I feel so like if his it, life was on the line, 
he would not be able to drop a play. Yeah, like they'd be like, here you go, coach. Here's the clipboard. Life on the line. You look at the page, look for X's and O's, and he's got S's and T's. I mean, the guy knows nothing. Or it would be like one of Don's pages with, you know, some very scary drawing. Yeah, like weird sort of Don LaGreca-looking characters, but not quite Don LaGreca characters. (laughs) But the, the recent one or during the Bonnie situation? No, the, no, the recent one was, was very, very disturbing. I was just I wasn't I wasn't expected somebody to tweet it out. Well, uh, just because you were caught doesn't take away the fact caught? that you, it wasn't disturbing. It was a nice drawing. It was a it was a man with his hair like uh, electrified. I wasn't That's expecting true. it to be seen. I, I you're simply jealous because Don is an artiste. I am jealous of that. I love people that can. I can actually take a blank piece of paper and make a beautiful picture out of it. Did, I don't have that I'm, skill set. I'm going to ask a random question, and, and if it doesn't go the right way, I'm just going to bail on the story. But if, if, if it goes the right way, I'll, I'll indulge you because I find it to be interesting. Michael, had, had you followed the licked CNN story at all? Yeah, con- totally. Really? That's right up Yeah, there. really. I read that whole Atlantic right. feature. Okay, so you read the Atlantic feature. So for you guys that don't know, what's Lick's first name again? Chris. So Chris Licht was the guy brought into CNN, and he... You know, had been he, a showrunner at Stephen Colbert. Right, and everyone questioned why he was doing it, that it was a total setup, and he was going to have to make all these decisions, no one was going to like, and he was going to get end up being ousted, which is what happened, right? And what he was trying to do, at least in public stance, was bring CNN to the middle, so it could right. be something that not just liberals, but conservatives would watch and trust. Right, which is why they did the Trump Town Hall, which blew up in his face. Um, whatever. I, I did not follow the story that much. But I, I heard the other day Howard Stern talking about the Atlantic article that blew it all up. All right? Dig this, Michael. You'll at least find this amusing if no one else does. In the article, I, I believe they, they, the reporter said that no one at CNN knew any of his plans. It seemed like the only people he talked to about his plans were his personal assistant and his trainer. Mm-hmm. Do you recall that? Yeah. The, the trainer it, stuff in the story was hilarious. And the trainer like would talk trash to him, like, hey, if you really want to make CNN good, just bring in Rachel Maddow. Right? And, yeah, the, the trainer stuff in particular stood out, Don. Don, you following so far? Yes, I'm following. So when I hear them, when I hear Howard telling the story and talking about the trainer and how crazy it is that he told all this stuff to his trainer, uh, in my head I went, I kind of identify with that because when I had my trainer for a few years and he became a really good friend of mine, um, although we haven't been tight recently, but like we were very close, he heard everything about my life. I kind of like relate to the idea of your trainer ends up hearing a lot of important stuff. And then, and then I saw someone who told me, the, the, his trainer? It is my trainer. No way. Really? It's the same trainer. No way. Yes. This trainer's like top flight trainer. Oh. I know. I know. Don't let me be the example. He trains other people who are really in great yeah, shape. Yeah, he really failed with you. No. Well, no, I look great for uh, for what I was preparing for 10 years ago. He did a great job with me. Interesting. I mean, listen, I've done the best Chris I can. Chris Licklow went from like 270 pounds to 175. Well, listen, my guy's the man. I, I guess I won't give out his name since he's now become like this public adjacent figure. But I just thought that was hilarious. That in my head, I literally was like, oh, I totally get this. And it turns out it's the same person. Yeah, there but why would he about... have, I, don't, I don't want to tip you, your political hand. Go ahead. If you were trying to go center. You're not exactly center. I don't think this trainer is center. How do you know that my trainer and I share political beliefs? I, I read the story. 
If he thought that the cure for CNN was Rachel Maddow, do you really believe that he's a Murdoch? <laughs> no comment. Don, you were saying? That I could understand having that kind of relationship with your personal trainer. Those are... Oh, are you feeling that way with your Sifu? Well, no, because it's it's it, there's multiple people in the class. But when I had a personal trainer for my wedding to get me down, like, you, you you he's your spotter. There's a lot. There, there's there's like private moments of just trying to to reach down to be able to to hit a certain weight where you kind of feel like you bond. And I can understand you feeling like you can maybe share some personal things. With your personal has, trainer. Has he ever trained any athletes or anything like that, Peter? Because if not, let's move on. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. It was a very self-indulging story. But I thought it was interesting. And I don't have any political agenda with it. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We talked about Wambayama. He's hoping to have a great career. You know who sure. did have a great career? Who? So good, in fact, that it's landed him in the Hall of Fame. Um, there's a lot in the Hall of Fame. Henrik Lundqvist. But Henrik Lundqvist, am I right? Yeah. Am I right or am I right? You're right. Let's hear from the soon-to-be NHL Hall of Famer. Hey, guys. I just want to send you a message and say thank you for all the support and kind messages. Being inducted into the Hall of Fame is such an honor. I'm so happy and grateful, and it makes me think of all the great memories I created being a New York Ranger or something I'll appreciate for the rest of my life uh, but thanks again for everything i uh, hope you guys are having a great summer and i see you guys back at the garden in the fall very he's, mellow uh, today he's like don mattingly how so in a sense that i think he's he is a beloved new york athlete that didn't win and there's very few of them Ewing? Well, I don't know if Ewing's beloved. I don't know if Ewing's beloved. Henrik Lundqvist is beloved by Ranger fans and will always be beloved. And and and, and, and Ranger fans do have that attachment. They loved Jockerman. They loved Rod Gilbert. But in recent vintage, where it seems like over the last 30 years, 40 years, if you didn't win a championship, it's, it's really difficult to be beloved by your fan base. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's right up there with Mattingly. I mean, David Wright probably. With um, with Met fans, but there's very few that have been able to transcend and be that special by a fan base in New York and not have a ring. Did you try to get him on at some point? Did you guys see? Oh, yeah, of course we we're trying. We're hard at work. Did you guys uh, see the Kadarius Tony uh, clip moving around? Yeah, yeah. Grow up, Kadarius. Come on, man. He he was doing an interview for what was it for some jewelry uh, channel, IC or something like that. Great um, name. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's Kadarius uh, talking about his former team, the New York Giants. That Super Bowl ring coming in this thing right here. Everybody in New York. And this everybody in New York right here. I'm gonna go to the middle of New York with this little thing up. Hey, look, I love trolling. They exactly. troll me. I got some trouble. Now, for those that don't know what that is, he put the finger, the the ring on the middle finger, 
No, I could say he. Uh, okay, he could want to do that to the Giants. Why would you say, "Hey, New York"? Well, fans didn't do anything to him. But even the Giants, um, it's not like you know the, the, they didn't troll you. They they didn't think you fit, and they traded you to a team that at the time was a Super Bowl contender. They didn't trade you to Siberia. So they could have traded you, I think, anywhere, but they, they, they wanted to do what was right for their team, and they traded you to a place where you had a chance to win a Super Bowl, and the Giants knew that. So I don't know why he's taking it so personal. It worked out. It's got a ring. I think we lose sight of the fact sometimes that a lot of athletes are very young and immature. They'll get it well, later on. Yeah, I, I still would love to know exactly what exactly happened with Kadarius Tony here. He wasn't. He never played. He was always hurt. So was it that he didn't want to be playing? Uh, you know what? That seemed to be the insinuation that he didn't get back as soon as the medical team thought that. And they never said that. But you give up on a, a you know, what was he, high fir- second or first round pick? Yeah. That quickly? But, Although it wasn't a Joe Shane pick. See, see that's the thing. See, that's the thing. Gettleman drafted him. And there's been some injuries and things. And, and the Giants did what they thought was right for the organization. You know, so he was, I guess, expendable to them. They didn't draft him. There were some injuries. They certainly needed talent, so that tells me something was going on, right? But they never, they never badmouthed him. They didn't say anything. Like when he said that they're trolling, I don't know if New York fans trolled him I think him he meant fans. Yeah, I think he meant fans. Listen, but, listen. In, in his defense, he's, he is clearly messing around. I don't think it's, like, super serious. Uh, but I just never, I, I never understood what happened there. I assume the insinuation is, too, Don, that he didn't want to get back on the field. So they said, okay, we've had enough. Yeah. Let go of him. And then he went someplace he wanted to play. And listen, he contributed valuably to, to Kansas also, City. Also, talk about landing straight on your feet. Right. Oh As Don God. said, they didn't send him to, no, I don't want to say Cleveland, but, but the, no, they, true. they didn't send him to a bad team. The Giants made a move, clearly, because they thought it was best for their organization. If they really hated him, Michael and wanted to stick it to him, they wouldn't trade him to a team that was in the conversation to win a Super Bowl. So they didn't even think about that. Just like, all right, he's not right for us. He's hurt. Uh, we certainly need the weapon, but it's not working out, so we're going to trade him. And, and they traded him to the place that gave him the best in return. I mean, you, Michael, you know how spiteful general managers can be. They can you know, send you send you off to some place that they know it's not going to work. I don't think it was personal. So I don't know why he's taking it personal where I don't think the Giants made the move out of anything other than they thought it was going to better their team. And he won a Super Bowl. Get over it. He's got a ring. Super Bowl rings now, I mean, they've crossed the line of ostentatious. They can't even be worn. They can't. They're just too big. It's like bracelets. Well, I mean, listen, Michael, of all the things that are going to be, you know, modest, what kind of expectations do you have for the Super Bowl ring? But this thing turns into like a necklace or something. It's really crazy. Well, I guess the Milwaukee Bucks ring... You could lift off the top of it, and it would have a chip that you could put into a USB port and play highlights of the season. Yeah, that's crazy. Here's something crazy. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion mm. has received 7.8 million streams on Spotify and has entered the Billboard Top 100 at number Why? 12. Why? What happened? Why? After, after the submarine mishap this week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Did you hear the heartbreaking story, though, about the, the kid that was on it? Yeah, the guy who brought his son? Well, a 19-year-old was deathly afraid of doing it. Mm. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. His father said, let's do it. Just do it for me for Father's Day. Oh, boy. 
Well, it, it looks like. I mean, I guess it's not official, official, but it looks like that what happened to them was instantaneous. Right. They went, they had catastrophic failure, and within a millisecond, they were gone. As opposed to the feeling like they might have just been sitting there at the bottom of the ocean, just waiting for the sixty hours of of air to deplete and then just die. But there's also a story that it could have been where they were trying to get back to the surface, and that's when the catastrophic thing happened. But all indications are, because I guess the company's saying they heard some sort of a sound when they when there was like a disconnect, that it, like a boom or something. So I hope for their sake that whatever happened was quick, because I, I, I couldn't imagine being down there for like four days knowing I was going to die in, in a claustrophobic tube. Mm. That's right. Listen, I feel awful for those people, but I, I don't get the attraction. Yeah, but it's... You're, again, you're sitting... There are four seats sitting on top of each other, practically. How, how are you not claustrophobic, even if you're not claustrophobic, if you know what I mean? You're not adventurous. I mean, Peter, we can really... It's not much of a leap to say Michael is not an adventurous person. But there are people out there that thirst for knowledge and information, and in and, and the depths of the ocean is like going to space. But and they, I don't they, probably they were, assure. Just, I don't get it. They were going there to like explore the Titanic. You want to find out about Titanic? Plug the DVD in. I don't get why it. Why risk either. your life? Why? Why? It's you're so short sighted. You can't see how somebody might have a thirst for finding, seeing things, and like. Yeah, I get it, but I mean, the again, ocean. the way that sounds, it's like you're in a Mini Cooper in the ocean. You can't even get up. I mean, what, what do you like? Wet yourself? I mean, what do you do? How, how's that fun? Well, obviously, if they knew it was going to turn out the way that it did, of but course. I guess there were some assurances. Uh, that's the thing. See, if you want to be critical, like how much work do these people do to make sure that it's safe? Especially when you're hearing sound that there was an employee that was fired because he was, you know, he, he was trying to be a whistleblower and how unsafe it was. Like, if you're going to spend two hundred fifty million dollars on something, maybe you should take the deep dive and make sure that this is safe. But I do. I, I understand being adventurous, don't you, Peter? Just to check things out that nobody's really seen before. Yeah, but not this one. I don't get. No, I, feel like I, you can I, I see couldn't all do this it. on video, and like I wouldn't want up close. Like how how good are you going to see it underwater? Like I'm good. I'm good. Did you guys see the uh, CBS this morning video from last summer? When no. one of their um, I can't think of the person's name right now, but one of their investigative reporters or reporters went to go do this thing. They tried. He he was out there for eight days. The first four times they attempted it, they had to go back up because something went wrong, and then he yeah. finally got to do it. it like, it's, right then, I would have been like, "I'm good. I don't." I'm do out. It I'm out. That will do it for ENN, presented by D'Agostino Associates, the injury firm, almost 35 years getting accident victims every dollar they deserve. Offices throughout New York and New Jersey, eight 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 twenty four Law twenty four D'Agostino bite back. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.